Welcome back to our study of 1 John. I want to talk to you today on a subject that John talks about, and that is the love God hates. We've been talking about how God wants us to love and how he wants to empower us to love, and that's true. But there is one kind of love that he does not want us to have at all in our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me read to you verse 15, beginning at verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You see, God is a God of love, and he wants us to love other people, but he doesn't want us to love the world. And we have to understand what that means before we can really do it. I heard about a group of first graders who had just completed a tour of a hospital, and the nurse asked if they had any questions. She'd shown them around. Uh, immediately a little hand went up and the kid said how can how come people who work here are always washing their hands and after a little laughter the nurse said well they're always washing their hands for two reasons first they love health and second they hate germs and you see we're to love God but we're not to love the world that's not what we're to do now let's notice that this is a command it's an imperative and literally it's like he's saying you are loving the world. Stop. Stop loving the world. You're guilty. Two Christians need to habitually take steps to not love the world. Now, what did he mean by world? Don't love the world. Well, he didn't mean the created world because he's not referring to the physical world around us, the flowers, the trees, the, hum the people. Uh, God tells us that the heavens declare its glory and the firmament shows his handiwork. That's not what he's talking about. He's not referring to the world of humanity where, like in John 3:16, God so loved the world. That's the world of humanity. What does he mean by world? Well, he means a system in this world that does not have time for God, that's based on pleasure and things and all that will pass away and there's nothing wrong with pleasure and there's nothing wrong with things as long as they're done correctly and as long as they're in God's purpose. But when we begin to focus on those, they become things that just leave God out. And so we're talking about a way of looking at things. We're talking about an attitude that's more than anything else that we are in, so in love with the world around us. Now, it can be a religious world, a cultured world, a refined world, <clears throat> an intellectual world, but it's anti-God and anti-Christ. Most things in America today are the world because they're against Christ. They don't stand for anything that relates to him. And so it's important that we understand that. For example, a TV announcer may say, we bring you now news from the world of sports. Now, the world of sports is not a planet, but it's an organized system of ideas, people, and activities and purposes that have to do with sports. So that's what we mean. That, that's talking about the world of sports, but when we're talking about the world generally. We're talking about a system of ideas, people, and activities and purposes that are against God. And <clears throat> we, what happens when we make this the predominant activity of our life to make money, to have pleasure, 
then that's what, that's what becomes a love for it. And we see it emblazoned everywhere, uh, the pull for it, the activity of it. And so that's why it's so important that we be careful. Now, what he says is there are three ways that the world can trap us and can get to us and become predominant in our lives. First is the lust of the flesh. And this is the desire of our lower nature. He's not talking just about sexual things here, but he's talking about anything that pulls us and that pulls us and we give into it. For example, we have many desires that God has given us. They're good. There's the desire for sex. There's the desire for water and food. There's the desire for acceptance and on and on and on we could go. <clears throat> and this, And they're all good. But when we misuse them, then that's when they're not good. And that's when they become wrong. For example, the desire for food is good, but when we go beyond that and become gluttonous, it's sin. And sex is good within the marriage relationship. It's special. God made it that way. But outside of the marriage relationship, it's destructive and it's, it's powerful to hurt. So if we, over, if we misuse that desire, and the same thing, if we want approval, God has given us the desire for approval, but that approval has to come from him for us to be satisfied. That's the only place we can find real approval. But if we're looking for approval in the world, then we're trying to please people by all kinds of means and methods that are not good. So the lust of the flesh is the first way he gets us hooked into the world, and the lust of the eyes, the devil uses that. These are pleasures <clears throat> that gratify our minds and our, and our eyes. And they're things like, uh, I've got to have the biggest house. I've got to have the best car. I've got to have the most beautiful wife. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. This, can, this attitude of what we see we want and, <clears throat> and desire. And there's nothing wrong with having a house and a car and any of those kind of things. But it's when <clears throat> they become predominant in our lives. And then he says it's the boastful pride of life. This is to create a, a sense of envy, rivalry, and jealousy in the hearts of others. In other words, I'm going to show you who I am by what I've got or by what I can do, and I'm going to impress you. Somebody said most of us are trying to impress people we don't like by buying things we can't afford, and that's true. And and we try to impress people because I have this nice house or I have this new car or I have these nice clothes. <clears throat> but we don't need to impress people. We just need to be ourselves and impress God by our faith in him. And if, if he allows us to have certain things, a nice house or a nice car, that's, we just be grateful to him. <clears throat> but notice <clears throat> the reasons we should not love the world. We can't love the world and the Father at the same time. That They're not possible to love them both. We have to make a choice. We can't serve two masters. And it's easy to do that. Paul tells about Demas, who was one of his helpers, who left him. And he said, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. And I think that's, that's true, that, that many people get so enamored by the things of this world. I've known people who were living for the Lord, but then they started making a lot of money or they started getting popular or they started becoming somebody special and they just kind of left God aside and went on. Martin Luther used to say, I have held many things in my hands and lost them all, but the things I've placed in God's hand, I still possess. 
You see, everything in this world will turn to dust. It's passing away. That's a very good reason not to focus on it. What will last? The Bible says those who do the will of God. So today, if you and I will do what God tells us and love him, we will be happy in this world, useful in this world, make a difference in this world, and glorify God and find purpose. I hope you'll do that. God bless you today.